And our theme for this year is all in. And that means all of us and all of ourselves, we are all in to all that God is doing. Amen. And he is the all in all. So that makes it very special. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about what is coming up and what that uh, means uh, for us. And so I, I want to begin from the book of Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to begin at the 11th verse. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be speaking about the faithfulness of the saints. And, and I'll, I'll be speaking on this tonight, but I'll, we'll be conducting a saints meeting shortly after arriving in the new worship center. We'll give you announcements on that. But uh, you'll be hearing maybe some of the same uh, information, uh, some of the same concepts in that meeting. But I, I want to begin this year by talking about the faithfulness of the saints. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with the 11th verse. He, meaning the Lord Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I, I want us just to pay attention to what, what's happening here. This is the Apostle Paul helping the church at Ephesus to understand that the Lord has equipped his church with ministry, and we call it the five-fold ministry. Because there are five folds listed in Ephesians 4 and verse 11. And he lists them as being apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Uh, this is a very important concept to understand. And it is the goal of Tree of Life Church that all of these ministries operate in this congregation. We need that the ministry that each of these, I'll say, titles uh, reference. And, uh, and so God provides the church with these great ministries. And, and we can talk about that, and we will. We'll provide uh, help and understanding what each of those ministries are, how they translate in a modern context to the body of Christ. But I, I want tonight to point out that these ministries, these roles of ministry in all of their precision and in all of their anointed power, I want you to notice their purpose. They are for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And this tells us the importance of the saints because God has given these great anointed ministries to the body of Christ for the purpose of equipping the saints of God, for the purpose of empowering the saints of God. And the Apostle Paul goes on in this passage, and I'll, I'll read some more of this to you, till we all come in the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is why we talk a lot about Jesus. Because we have to come. That's how we arrive into the unity of the faith is as we perfect our knowledge of the Son of God. And as we perfect our knowledge of the Son of God, it is drawing us as a people unto a perfect man. We as the body of Christ become that perfect man the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and here's why that we henceforth be no more children this is why we cannot act childish we cannot be childish when we became adults we put away childish things amen and and here's what he describes as being like children tossed to and fro Carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love 
we may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Do you see the goal of everything Paul wrote? Not just to Ephesus, but to all the churches that he wrote to, to all the ministers that he wrote to, to all the saints, because I'm going to tell you, every one of those letters, you look at who he addressed them to. He wrote them to the saints. They are for the saints. Before we go any further, what is a saint? I'll tell you what a saint is. A saint is a sanctified soul. A saint is a holy individual. Not by our holiness, but by his holiness. It's a person that is turned from their wicked ways, that have been filled with his Holy Spirit, that their sins have been washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. They have been born of the water and of the Spirit and are traversing now in the kingdom of God. They have been born into his kingdom. These are the saints. These are the saints. There are, somebody said uh, there's ain'ts and there's saints. These are the saints. And, and yet, even as saints, the apostle Paul said we are not to be children. When we're born into the kingdom, that's what it is. It's birth. It's new birth. But it's just that. It's birth. There then must be a maturity. There then must be a development. There must be, as Paul said in Ephesians 4, a perfecting, a completing, a wholeness that begins to get a hold of us. And so we're not children, but we're growing up unto a perfect man. You say, well, nobody's perfect. Well, actually, that's wrong. There is somebody perfect, and his name is Jesus. And his name is on you now when you're baptized in his name. And his name is on me. And if we can always understand that he's the only one who's perfect, then we can allow the spirit that he put inside of us to begin that perfecting process in us. And perfect doesn't mean, uh, in our case, uh, perfect, perfection does not mean that we will never make mistakes. You have a human body until that trumpet sounds. And that human body will be the battle of your life on earth. Until Jesus comes, you, until you draw your last breath, you, as long as you've got this human body, Paul called it the body of this death. And it is a body of death. And it has nerves that people get on. And it has uh, issues. It has problems. It can get irritable. But it must come under subjection. And the invisible parts of us must step into that realm and role of being like Christ. And even our body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost, must be like Him. And yet, as long as we have a human body, we will have to fight the flesh. But God will give us the victory. And notice what's happening in Ephesians 4. The Apostle Paul is saying that we are growing, and we're growing together, and we're coming unto a perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Notice that he says this, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacteth by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So Paul is saying it's all about the body. And he says the saints make up the body. It's this whole thing. Preachers, it's all about the body. Evangelists, all about the body. Prophesying, it's all about the body. And the saints are the body. And we are, we edify ourselves in love. And, and we are becoming a body. What body? The body of Christ. Remember, it was crucified. Remember, it was buried in a borrowed tomb. You know what it was doing before it was crucified? It was going about doing good. It was walking on water. It was breaking loaves and fishes and feeding the multitudes with very little. That became a lot. It was turning water into wine. It was, it was opening the eyes of the blind. It was unlocking the deaf ears. It was, it was bringing peace to this world. It was bringing hope to the hopeless and help to the helpless. That's what the body of Christ was doing. And then by wicked hands, it was crucified and slain. 
It was buried in the borrowed tomb. It was risen from the dead, and now it is a spiritual body, and we're that body. And so we have, through the power of the Holy Ghost, the great opportunity and responsibility to be the hands that open the eyes of the blind, that be the feet that go into villages and preach the gospel to every creature. We have to do it, and we have to do it together. We are the joints that come together, that cause the body to be able to flex and function. We are the, 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 the bones that come together in Ezekiel's grand vision when he saw the valley of dry bones. That's you and I and our dead and our trespasses and sins. But when the word came forth, we come together. When the spirit begins to move, we begin to breathe. That's what God is doing in the city of Cincinnati, Ohio. God is causing the people of God to come together. And, and you cannot look at others as being uh, separate from you. Not in the body of Christ. We're in this thing together. You know, one of the great, one of the great arrogances of a, of a, of a person uh, in the church is to look at someone else and think, I, don't, I, don't, I will not speak to them. It is a great arrogance, and it is what Paul is rebuking when he says, let not the eye say to the ear, I have no need of you. Because when you refuse to interact with another part of the body of Christ, that's what you're saying. You're saying, I can live the rest of my life without them. I don't need them. I don't got to talk to them. I don't need anything from them. Well, you're acting like a child. You're tossed to and fro by the slight of man, the cunning craftiness of this world. And Paul said, put away childish things. Come up unto a grown measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You say, I could never do it. Of course you cannot do it because you're a human being. But I'm not asking you to do it. I'm admonishing the Holy Ghost in you to do it. And I'm calling upon you to simply yield your body to the Holy Ghost just like you yield your tongue when you spoke with tongues for the very first time. The Spirit will give you utterance, not only to speak an unknown tongue, but He will give you utterance to speak in new tongues. Hallelujah. And I've talked with you before about the, the unknown tongue is what we speak when we receive the Holy Ghost. The new tongues are what we speak after we've received the Holy Ghost and it has changed our language. Now all of a sudden we don't speak death, we don't speak lies, we don't speak gossip, we don't speak slander, we don't speak negativity, we don't speak defeat, we don't speak cutting people down, we don't speak arrogance, we don't speak ignorance, we don't speak any of that. We speak truth in love, we speak praise unto God, we speak encouragement to our brothers and sisters. These are the, this, this, these are the new tongues of the body of Christ. And I'm telling you that when the whole body when we get our tongue under control, I feel like preaching now, but let me tell you, James told us that when the tongue is under control, the whole body follows suit. And I'm going to tell you where the church of the living God through the years, this has been the challenge. It's our tongue. If you can get the tongue of the saints praising God, then the whole body will follow suit. If we can mind our tongue and yield it to God and say what David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, now he didn't say it'll always be in my emotions. He didn't say I'll always feel like it. Or he didn't say I'll, I, I, will, I will do it when everything is going good. He never even said that if if everybody's treating me the way I want them to treat me, then I will bless the Lord. No, no, no. Listen, this guy had kings trying to kill him. This man had his own son to betray him and try to take his kingdom from him. This man was 
rejected, betrayed. He was wounded on so many levels. His life, he himself made terrible mistakes. And he said, but I have decided that in my mouth, the only thing you're going to find in my mouth is praise to the Lord. And when that is the way we live our life, then everything begins to follow suit. The body of Christ begins to follow suit. Hallelujah. So speak the joy of God. Speak the love of God. And, and this is a part of being a faithful saint of God. When Let me tell you something. When the saints are faithful, there is no weapon in hell that can bring down the church of the living God. I have seen, I have seen all of hell come against the church of the living God through the years and the only thing withstanding it was the righteous faithfulness of saints and the devil had to run and hide. When you bind together and say, I'm going to serve God and I'm going to see the work of God go forward and if everybody in this room backslides, I'm going to serve God. And if everybody in this room backslides, I'm not going to gossip about them. And if everybody in this room backslides, I'm going to love them. I'm talking about what it means to be faithful saints of God. What if we, what if we flip the script on what the world calls church hurt? Well, let, me, let, me, let me rephrase that. What backsliders call church hurt. People who were once among us and felt hurt and left and they still deal with the hurt and the pain that they have. What if we flipped the script on that and said we're going to employ the powers of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The powers of prayer and fasting. The power of worship. The power of being faithful to God. The power of letting kindness rule our tongue. We're going to use those powers of God to destroy the work of the enemy in people's lives. It's one of the saddest things in the world to see a person run from the church, live a life that is broken and dysfunctional, but don't realize they can find healing here. The devil has lied to them about this place. Their own experiences many times have said to them that they cannot return here and they feel like there's no place to go. We need to open our hearts, open our arms, open ourselves to them and say, come on in, join the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So the thing that we do, these are some things that constitute the way we can practice faithfulness. Number one, You've got to have a prayer life as a faithful saint of God. You've got to pray more than when you come to church. Like you've got to pray every single day. And, and I don't mean, listen, I, I, I'm not trying to put any condemnation on you and, and try to make you feel guilty when things are busy. And, and I understand how busy life can get, but you have to, you must. Make a special point and a time of prayer in your life. And, and many times it can be hard to shift from what you're doing to start praying. It can, it can many times be difficult to do that. Uh, even mentally, just to come down from whatever you're having to be focused on and start praying. But the Bible tells us how to start praying. Enter with thanksgiving. Enter with praise. So the way you segue from whatever you're doing into a season of prayer is to begin with thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for your goodness to me. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your tender mercies. And you enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Then you can begin to, to ask him to cleanse you. And you can begin to put your struggles and challenges in his hands. And say, these, these are the things I'm wrestling with. I've got a, a temper problem. And I've, I've got a, a, a lust of the flesh problem. And I've got a temptation and addiction problem. Whatever your issue is, bring it to God in prayer. If you're worrying about something and not praying about it, it is going to be fruitless. You're going to be dominated by it. Worry is what the enemy wants to achieve in your mind. But you must have a... a, a dedicated life of prayer and, and uh, 
I, I love what Sister Vesta Mangan said. She said, we're not, we're, not trying to have a, uh, uh, we're not trying to have a prayer life. We're trying to have a life of prayer. We're not, trying to, we're not trying to fit prayer into our busy schedule. We're to pray without ceasing. Somebody once said, uh, Sister Tenney said that, uh, you know, she said, I, there are a lot of days I, I, I don't pray more than three minutes. But she said, at the same time, I don't go three minutes without prayer. He walks with me and he talks with me. And we're in constant communion with one another. And we're in constant communication with one another. You've got to have a life of prayer. Prayer is where you're going to win the battle. Prayer is where you're going to gain the strength that you need. Everything you're worried about, and I want you to consider this, everything you're worried about right now, have you yet articulated it to God in prayer? All the people that you're concerned about, have you yet articulated your concerns in detail to God in prayer? All of the, the weight that you're carrying, have you stopped for a moment and said, God, these are my challenges, this, these are my problems, I need to bring them to you, I, I need to put this in your hands, and then leave them there. Oh, hallelujah. How many remember that old song? Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Don't pick them back up. When they try to jump back on your back, rebuke them in Jesus' name. Live victoriously in Jesus Christ. And say, no, I have the victory over this. I have the victory. You have to have a life of prayer and a life of worship. And, and this life of worship involves daily worship, and, and it involves an attitude of worship, and it involves a lifestyle of worship. And, and it's, it's not just worship, but it's studying the Word of God. You must, as a faithful saint of God, every one of us, need to have a healthy relationship with the Word of God. This isn't just for the preachers. This isn't just for uh, the evangelists. This is, this is for the saints. This was written to us as saints. And so... You have to have a healthy relationship with the Word of God. And a healthy relationship with the Word of God involves reading the Word. It involves studying the Word, which is different than reading it. Because you can read it and not actually study it out. But read it and let things, let things jump out at you. Let, things, let, let God speak to you a, 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 a right now word. And I encourage people, you know, you can, you can read three and four chapters a day if you'd like. And I love it when people read the Bible through in a year. That's awesome. But let me tell you, to be victorious and using the Bible as a weapon and as a, and as a source of nourishment, read until you are fed. And that is your daily bread. Read until you are fed, and that is your daily bread. If you read four verses in and God quickens something to your understanding and you just received a word from the Lord, it might be good to put a little sila on that and hold it in your heart for the rest of the day and use it every time the devil tries to come up. Just take that loaf of bread and whack the devil. Amen. When somebody gets on your nerves, grab another morsel of that bread and eat that bread till it nourishes you and you got enough Holy Ghost to withstand whatever your nerves and your irritability is trying to make you say or do. Let that be your daily bread and it will feed you all day long. It will, it will help you with road rage. It will help you with irritability toward your loved ones. You know, you can mistreat the people you love the most and discredit your Christian faith in the process. If you're, if you're yelling at everybody and kicking, kicking stuff on the way out the door and then walk in here with uplifted hands, listen, God understands, but the people who watch you don't. God understands. God will let you come on in and praise Him. But the people who are looking for a lighthouse in their life, that doesn't make sense to them. So you've got to have, you've got to have a healthy relationship with the Word of God to help settle you and calm you and give you a collected view of how to live your life with the Lord. Amen. So read the Word. Study the Word. Memorize the Word. Memorize the Word. 
get some scriptures that you can quote. So when the devil comes up and tries to get you to jump off a mountain or jump off a, the pinnacle of the temple or bow down to him and he'll give you all the kingdoms of the world, you can say like Jesus said, it is written. I know it's written. I read it this morning when I was praying. That altar area, that, that time of devotion that I consecrated to God. Might have been 20 minutes. Might have been 30 minutes. Might have been an hour. I might have had 10 minutes. Whatever it is, that time of prayer that I had, that time of me and God having time alone. And he gave me his word, and I know it is written. And, and I understand God has given me daily bread. And so this is important. Read the word, study the word, memorize the word, obey the word. Apply the word. Understand that it's not going to have any power in your life until you start doing what it says. And, and listen, if the word says it, that's it. That is it, folks. If the word says now you've got to rightly divide the word so that you don't, so that you don't misunderstand it. You have to rightly divide it. But if the word is teaching something, that's it. And it doesn't matter what popular culture says, and it doesn't matter what religious tradition says. And it doesn't matter what your grandma so-and-so said. It matters what the Word says. And faithful saints of God know that and live that. Hallelujah. So read the Word, study the Word, memorize the Word, obey the Word. And here's a, here's a good one. Here's a really good one. Teach the Word. Faithful saints of God are not supposed to just simply be a receptacle of the Word. It is to come into us and flow out of us and flow into us and flow out of us and flow into us and flow out of us. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when you teach the word, this is a very important part of having a healthy relationship with the word of God. When you teach the word, you're going to learn stuff while you're teaching. I have, I have, God has given me revelation before while I was teaching the word. There are some messages that I have preached at conferences that came to me while I was teaching a midweek Bible study. And as words were coming out of my mouth, I was thinking, I didn't even know I knew that. Because in teaching the word, there's a revelation from God that comes to you because he'll put his word in your mouth. So read it, study it, memorize it, obey it. And teach it. Amen. Amen. And you'll have a healthy relationship with the word of God. Faithful saints of God are faithful in their church attendance. Faithful saints of God make sure they're in the house of God. Now I know that sometimes that's not possible. And I know sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes with sickness and logistics and work. But as a rule and as a principle, as a general rule, it needs to be the exception and not the norm that you are in the, that you're not in the house of God. It needs to be the rule that you're here in the presence of the Lord. And this is what the Bible teaches us in Hebrews 10, 25. It says to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. He said, get together and worship together. Gather together. Hear the word together. You know, there are some things God speaks to us as a church on Sunday morning, and there are other things He speaks to us on Wednesday night, and there are some things He speaks to us when we have special services, and it's important that we're all here receiving the same word. It's important that we're all here receiving the same word because it's going to help all of us grow up unto that perfect man. Unto that measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And when we, when we begin to experience that, it's going to be health to you. It's going to be health to your family. And, and, and so gathering ourselves together. It strengthens us, but it also strengthens the people who come and don't know anything about God. We have a responsibility to create an atmosphere for people who come into the house of the Lord. And so us coming in, it's not about what entertains us. 
We're not here to entertain anybody. The singers are not here to entertain anybody. The musicians are not here to entertain anybody. The preacher is not here to entertain anybody. This isn't about us getting our fix. Now, we must be fed, and there is a, there is a feeding of the flock that occurs when we gather ourselves together. But let me tell you something. It's just as important that we create the atmosphere for those coming in who don't know anything about the Lord. They need, and let me tell you something else. They're not looking for what they can find all over this city. They can find dead stuff all over this city. When they come in here, we are different. And I'll tell you why, because we have a different testimony. He brought us out of the miry clay. He set our feet upon a rock to stay. He put a song in our soul to stay, a song of his praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when they walk in, they need to find people who have been brought out, not people who are still groping in the darkness. They need to find people who have a testimony. Praise God. People who have who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I know it's Wednesday night. Even right now it's Wednesday night. But it's not cold outside. So we lost that excuse. Amen. It's not cold outside. It's nice. Somebody said, look at this weather, trying to act all cute and springy, trying to act like it didn't kill us, try to kill us last week. That's, that's what it felt like when things dropped negative 8 degrees and, and now things are a little bit different. But it doesn't matter if it was 8 degrees or if it's 78 degrees. When we come together, we come together to praise his name. Hallelujah. We need to be a hand-clapping church, a foot-stomping church, a tongue-talking church. Hallelujah. We need to let the Spirit of the Lord flow freely among us. And when we begin to praise Him, let me give you scripture, the Lord inhabits the praises. You want to know where He is? He's in the praise. Oh, I want, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You let the drug addict come in to a place where the Spirit of the Lord is, and we know the Spirit of the Lord is there because He inhabits our praise. All we've got to do is praise his name. And as soon, I'm telling you, when that praise comes out of my mouth, see, I'm, I can praise him in my heart. Speak to myself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in my heart to the Lord. But, that, but he's in here. But when I put him out into the atmosphere with a praise, then he's in that praise too. Now he's moving around the sanctuary, and he's touching people's lives, and he's moving upon people's hearts. Hallelujah. Before God ever put the sun, the moon, and the stars in the sky, he created a firmament for them to, to dwell in. Before he, ever, before he ever put the fish in the water, he, he gathered the water into one place and began to establish the seas, and he put the fish inside that water and he created the dry ground and caused the dry land to appear so that the creeping things of the earth and the beasts of the field could take up residence he created an atmosphere first before life could abound there had to be an atmosphere created when we come together we have to create an atmosphere for the holy ghost to operate in and we must be spiritual about it we we can't we, listen, Paul talked about this in the same book where in the same, to the same, in the same series of letters that he wrote to the Corinthian church where he said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He also said, let all things be done decently and in order. Both are true. Where he said that, uh, that the, he also said that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And what this means is, is that just because you've got the Holy Ghost, in fact, because you've got the Holy Ghost, you are able to be decent and in order. So gone is this excuse of, I've got the Holy Ghost, so I just can't control myself. That's incorrect. You've got the Holy Ghost, that means you can control yourself. It's called temperance. And we must be mindful 
to have a flow of the Spirit of God, and it can never be about one individual or a handful of individuals. We're not trying to get attention for ourselves. We're trying to bring glory to God. And so you can tell, you can tell when it's the Spirit of the Lord moving because the Spirit of the Lord, now it is possible, there are moments where there, the Lord can move upon a lady with an alabaster box. And she, is, and she is weeping and needing to express. And in those cases, you let the worship flow. But it's also important for us to understand that that, that was not an everyday occurrence. And it is important for the body of Christ to unify in worship. It is a unity of worship. And so we are, when we worship, there's a resounding collective worship. And, and people can be worshiping with all of their hearts and minds and souls and strength. And it doesn't draw attention to them. Why? Because everybody's doing it. Amen. And so, so this is important for us to be able to let the Spirit flow freely and mightily. And also to, to make sure we're tempered. And to the extent that we're in unity with all of our brothers and sisters as we're worshiping God. And, and, and again, we let the Holy Ghost move. Uh, and the, when the Holy Ghost moves, it will be decent and it will be in order. Hallelujah. These, this is the faithfulness of the saints of God. These are mature, saint-like principles that people live by as they serve the Lord. And as we come into a new worship center, it's important that we understand it is going to be the faithfulness of the saints that carries the church forward into all that God has for the church. Now, again, fivefold ministry, yes, absolutely. And we need that to operate. And that's why we have evangelists come through. And that's why there are prophetic ministries. And don't, hear me now, don't be guilty of picking your favorite folds of the ministry. There's some people don't like that prophetic ministry because that prophetic ministry gets just a little bit difficult to hear sometimes. It's, uh, it's, it's different. It's not, it's, not just, it's not just preaching. Sometimes there's a word of knowledge and people get real nervous about that one. But we've got to let that gift operate. It's a sign to the unbeliever. And many times people can be going through something and nobody knows it but them and Jesus and some relative that lives 2,000 miles away. And then a man of God that they've never met before in their life walks up to them and says, I, I don't know why I'm saying this, but the Lord just wants me to say such and such and such and such. And it is a confirmation to them that the Lord knows right where they are. We can't be afraid of that ministry. We also don't need to tinker with it and toy with it like it's some kind of a child's plaything. It's not. It's a gift of the Spirit. And we need to let it operate in decency and in order. Amen. So we need to let the gifts of the Spirit operate decently and in order. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will move and you can feel the whole church go quiet. And that sometimes can feel a little awkward for people when the whole church just goes quiet. And a lot of times there will be a message in tongues that will come forth in those moments. But not every time. Sometimes we need to be able to have a Selah moment as the collective body. And it may not involve tongues. And it might. And if it does, then we wait for the interpretation to come forth. And if the interpretation comes forth, it will be edifying to the body of Christ. If there is no interpretation, then the person who gave the tongues will commune with God themselves and will continue on with what we were doing. And it doesn't mean they were wrong or false or anything like that. It just means that what they thought was for the whole body was actually just for them. And it was an honest mistake. And it happens a lot. And Paul said it happens a lot. And so... When it does, this is how you handle it. But we have to be a spirit-filled church and a spirit-led church. And the gifts of the spirit are for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the perfecting of the saints. It is all about the saints. It's also that we can walk out of this place and understand this is our base of operation. 
This is not where we do all our work. The work starts when we take our feet and walk out of this building and go into the mission field. That's where the work starts. That's where the Bible studies are taught. That's where we pray for people in the marketplace. When we're, when we're sitting down with, with uh, coworkers and whatnot and the Spirit of the Lord begins to move and you see an opening where you can very appropriately begin to, to minister, let the Holy Ghost minister through you. Now, a good deal of ministry happens right here. Okay, a lot of it happens right here. But this is to empower you to go out there and do the work of the Lord. And we're going to come back in here and we're going to refuel and get in, re-engaged. And, and we're going to bring people here too so that they can receive the Holy Ghost. Here, they can receive the Holy Ghost out there. But we are to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so much the more as you see the day approaching, there's something very special about when we gather together. Amen. So in the next few weeks, we're preparing for January 22nd. Uh, the Tree of Life Church is embarking. I'm going to say it this way. We are embarking upon, in Jesus' name, the greatest days we have ever observed. And, I'm not, and that's, not, that's not because of a worship center. That's because the hand of God is upon this city. And we are submitted to what he's doing. We are yielded to what he's doing. And we're going to prepare ourselves for it. Uh, this coming Sunday, we'll be uh, here at Finneytown. And Brother Brian Duvall is going to be preaching the word of the Lord this Sunday and going to help us prepare our hearts for January 22nd. The following Sunday will be the final service in this location uh, for, uh, for the foreseeable future. But don't misunderstand, God has a purpose for this property. And we thank God for what he's going to do with and through this property. And we ask for your prayers as we continue to seek his face as to how best to employ the great resource and the, and the many prophecies that have come over this pro- property. We pray, ask for your prayers as we seek the face of God in doing what he wants us to do to reach this city with this and from this particular base of operation. Brother Sizemore will be preaching on that last Sunday, January 15th, as we prepare ourselves to go to January 22nd. I'll be preaching on the first Sunday at the New Worship Center. Bring people to that service. Let's fill that place with praise. Let's fill that place with worship. Let's fill that place with thanksgiving to God that he helped us to move that mountain out of the way. Do you know how many obstacles the enemy tried to put in our path? And by the grace of God, we subdued those principalities and powers in the name of Jesus Christ. And when we couldn't do it, the Holy Ghost did it for us. When we needed the Lord to move upon the hearts of people, the Lord moved upon the hearts of people. Hallelujah. Do you know that just in the last month, just in the last month, at the beginning of December, I stood up before you and said, hey, listen, we're sitting at right about uh, 695. Uh, it'd be sure be nice to get down to 600,000 or so before the end of the year. You know where you brought us to? To $582,000 in just a month's time. <laughs> Glory to God. That's a miracle. That's because the saints are faithful. That's because the saints believe that the Holy Ghost is at work. These are faithful saints that are employing the powerful work of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, a week from tonight, we will be meeting at Cooper Road. And, and we're going to be, it's not even going to be so much, the next two Wednesday nights are not going to really be services per se. They're going to be, Instruction. They're going to be information. They're going to be some some ground rules, some expectations that we're setting. There's going to be some uh, ministering. We're going to be hearing from Brother Enos a week from tonight. Amen. Looking forward to that. Amen. I'm going to be there as well, and we're going to be looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. In fact, Brother Enos already already visited that building in a vision four years ago. 
Four years ago, he was praying, and the Lord took him by vision, and he could stood in that sanctuary the Lord just allowed us to build. And while he was standing there in the presence of God, the whole thing just kind of formed around him in prayer, and he encouraged us to say, oh, man, I've seen what God's going to do, and it's a beautiful place. Hallelujah. I would to God that we could open up our eyes and say, oh, look what the Lord is doing. Look what the Lord is doing. Saints of God, it's time to be faithful more than ever. Faithful in prayer. Faithful in worship. Faithful in church attendance. Somebody's going to be here who needs your testimony to be the encouragement to them. Somebody's going to visit here that needs to see your praise. And it's going to be your praise that blesses them and lifts them. Lifts them when they feel downtrodden. I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many people, Brother Jeremy, I can't tell you how many people through the years have said to me, looking at your grandfather, Brother Ken Wilson, and Brother Carl Wolfangle, and they walked away saying, seeing those elders play the trumpet and the violin, it did something for me to see those men played those instruments for 70 plus years. And all they did was just come in and, and play an instrument for the Lord and, and go out. But it blessed everybody that saw them. I'm telling you, you may feel like you're not noticeable, but God has got a bright shining light on your worship, and it is inspiring people that come. It's an inspiration to me when I look out and see you praising God. It lets me know there's a praiser in this city. There's a worshiper in the city. Hallelujah, there's a faithful saint in this city. And where you have faithful saints you have victory I said where you have faithful saints you have victory if somebody's praying you've got victory if somebody's worshiping you've got victory if somebody's giving you have victory if somebody's showing up you have victory amen faithful saints faithful saints give they give tithe right off the top, right off the bat. 10%, a spiritual principle. And, and you just give that 10% and, and you say, if, you're not, if you've not been blessed by that in your life, that may sound like a lot or maybe it sounds audacious. We don't hesitate to teach that principle because of the blessing of God. Hallelujah. It's a command and a, brings a blessing with it. And so you, those who don't participate in it continue to struggle throughout their life. But when you submit to the principles of the word of God, there's a blessing that, is, that comes upon you. The windows of heaven are opened. Hallelujah. And he pours out blessings that you cannot contain. And if you really want to see blessings, then you give, in addition to the 10%, you give offerings to support the vision of the work of God and the mission of the work of God. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, here's what you'll find. Oh, there'll be blessings, but that won't even be why you give. They'll just come to you. And it's like the old song says, when you give unto the Lord, he'll give you more to give. He'll give it to you and you'll say, but... All my needs are supplied according to his riches and glory. What other vision, what other mission are we trying to accomplish? What other, what other uh, outlet of ministry do we have that we can affect the salvation of souls in this city? And you'll give and you'll give faithful saints given to the Lord. This is why. This is why we can get up and say, this is our need. And we need to get, we need about $95,000 over the next four weeks. And $113,000 come in. That, listen, that's not wealth. That's faithfulness. Don't misunderstand it. We don't have just a bunch of wealthy people sitting around. No, that's sacrificial giving unto the things of God. Hallelujah. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, when that happens, when that happens, the windows of heaven open up and he pours out blessings. Praise God. And we give in, we give in treasure, but we also give in service. This coming Saturday, we have a, a, a work day. Brother Purdy, we're getting the children's ministry uh, all set up and ready to go. And there's a lot of moving and working that has to go into that. And, and it's an example of when the church is practicing faithfulness. People show up and they, and they participate in what work is needed. 
I remember when I first came to uh, Cincinnati, and we had a work day, a spring cleanup day, and I mentioned Brother Wolfangle. If you didn't know Brother Wolfangle, I'll tell you, he's one of the reasons why there's a church today. And Brother Wolfangle, I'll never forget it. He was, at that time, he was in his 80s, and he was down there cleaning those, those flower beds out. He was on his hands and knees. He was, he was working and, and working hard. And, and you'd try to go help him, and he'd tell you to, no, no, I got this. You go find something easier to do. I'll take care of the heavy lifting. And that's just the way he was. He was faithful, 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 faithful. You show me faithful saints, and I can, I can, I can prophesy a revival without, without a gift of the Spirit operating. I'll just tell you, there's revival coming. When saints are faithful, there's revival coming. Hallelujah. And you are those faithful saints that are the pillars that hold up the assembly for people to come and receive salvation. You are the reason there's a church, hallelujah, in the city of Cincinnati. Look around you right now. This is a Wednesday night, and each one of these areas is well, well, uh, saturated with people. We've got folks in the balcony. They're here to praise God. They're here to lift up his name. They're ready to see revival. They want to be a part of what God is doing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. This church is not built upon personality. It's built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not built upon style. It's built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I, I thank God for that. Uh, there's, there are growing needs in the body of Christ throughout the world. And Tree of Life is playing an active role in meeting those needs. And we're thankful for that. But what that requires is faithfulness. 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 Let me give you an example of faithfulness. The sun rising every morning. Faithfulness. The moon shining at night faithfulness the rain to water the tender herb faithfulness great is thy faithfulness hallelujah we've got to be like the sun that rises in the morning we've got to be like the moon that shines in a dark night hallelujah i, I remember walking out in that those colorado mountains years ago preaching a camp meeting my wife was at home expecting our firstborn anna and uh, i was uh, cell phone reception did not exist in that little area of the mountains and I was scared she would go into labor she was about a month shy of having our baby and I didn't have a there was no telephone it was one of those uh, one of those retreat areas that, and it put me in a beautiful place but it was one of those things where you can get away from it all and I didn't want to get away from it all I needed, I needed some high definition Wi-Fi technology and this was 23 years ago and I I remember I thought, oh, i got to get a hold of my wife and make sure everything's okay. And, and I knew they had cell phone down at the campgrounds, which was five miles away. And I walked out of that cabin into the night sky, and I could not see my hand in front of my face. I heard people say that you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. It was the first time I ever experienced it. The mountains blocked out the light of the moon. I could not see. I could have walked off into a ditch and not seen, I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. That's the kind of darkness that our world is facing. The Bible says the darkness that came upon Egypt was a darkness they could feel. They felt the darkness. Our world is in a darkness they can feel. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the darkness that came upon Egypt was a darkness that prevented them from being able to see one another. That's the way our world is today. It is so dark in our world that people do not see each other anymore. They see whatever label, whatever definition has been forced upon them about everybody around them. But they don't see each other. But there is a light in Goshen. And this is Goshen. There's a light in the darkness. Hallelujah. And you are, my God have mercy, you are that light. The light of the world. Jesus said two things. He said, I am the light of the world. And he said this, you are the light of the world. 
I know he's the light of the world, but he put that light in us. And we are that light of the world. And we're that light that's going to shine. Hallelujah. Down inside this heart of mine. Oh, don't you know, I want to go where the milk and the honey flows. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is not old-fashioned. Faithfulness is not something from the past. Faithfulness is not something that's out of style. Faithfulness is what's going to win this city. Faithfulness is what's going to reach this world. Faithfulness is what's going to grow this body. Faithfulness is what's going to bring healing to those who are sick, those who are wounded, those who are sad. Faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. The faithfulness of the saints of God. If you believe it, lift your hands with me right now. Thank God that he is faithful. And because of his faithfulness, we're going to be able to be faithful. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want somebody to stand to your feet and praise him right now. Hallelujah, stand to your feet and praise him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him right now. Let's praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Dave Duvall, when I was a young man and a child, I, I, used to, I used to weep when I would think of the faithful saints of God. I would think about those who, who would worship God and, and they were faithful like clockwork. You know what we mean when we say like clockwork? We mean you know it's going to reach certain times of the day regardless of what else is happening, those little hands on that clock are going to reach those milestones. They're just going to get there. They're going to get there. And the saints that, that I grew up around, they were like clockwork. They were just faithful. They were just ongoing. And in the name of Jesus, God helped me to be like that. Hallelujah. Praise God. There, there's some things, ladies and gentlemen, there's sometimes I know it's, it's I, I have to serve God not just for what it does for me, but for what it's going to do for somebody else. I believe in that. I'm going to be faithful, not, not just so that I can make heaven my home, but I know there are people watching me. There are people who are depending on me. Hallelujah. I've got to make it somehow. I've got to make it somehow. I've got to make it through whatever struggle it is. No, we do not have the luxury of falling and failing. No, sir. No, ma'am. We've got to get up and keep on soldiering on. We've got to keep on keeping on. People need us to make it. People need us to be faithful. They need us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. They need us to endure hardness as a good soldier. Yes, they do. They need us to do that, and we're going to do it. Woo, hallelujah. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Look around at who's here right now. There's a, there's a nucleus here. Praise God. And, and what's coming is going to form around the nucleus. There's coming a revival. There's coming a revival. It's here right now, but we haven't seen anything yet. There's coming a revival. People baptized in Jesus' name. People filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because the saints of God. I'm going to tell you when the saints begin to pray. For the Lord to have his way. The glory of the Lord. Well, come on down. Let's lift up our hands again and praise him right now in the name of Jesus.
Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be his holy name. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift up that praise unto God. Lift up that praise unto God. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, let's lift up that praise right now. Give him a faithful praise. Hallelujah. Give him a faithful praise. Lord, you've been good to me. You've been better to me than I've been to myself. Hallelujah. Lord, I worship you. I worship you. I praise you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, coming down, down, down. Coming down, down, down. Well, the glory of the Lord is coming down. Yes, when the saints begin to pray for the Lord to have his way, then the glory of the Lord is coming down. Oh, coming down, down, down. Yes, coming down, down, down. Oh, the glory of the Lord is coming down. When the saints begin to pray for the Lord to have his way, then the glory of the Lord is coming down. Oh, coming down, down, down. Oh, coming down, down, down. Oh, the glory of the Lord is coming down. Yes, when the saints begin to pray for the Lord to have his way, then the glory of the Lord is coming down.
I thank you for your presence. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll move upon each and every one of us as we go from this place. Help us, Lord, to draw closer to you. Help us, Lord, in 2023 to pray until we break through. Help us, Lord, to worship you in the beauty of holiness. Help us, Lord, I pray, to be faithful, to be faithful and true. Oh, God, help us to be more like you. Help each of us to grow together under that perfect man, worshiping you with all of our hearts and souls. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. And amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Clap your hands as you go. God bless you in Jesus' name. Burdens down.